Hello, everyone, and welcome to Speaking with Joy, a podcast to fill your soul, challenge your mind, and make you brave. I'm your host, Joy Clarkson, and an evangelist for all things good, true, and beautiful. So make yourself a cup of tea, find somewhere comfortable, and let's dive in to this week's episode. There are few hours in life more agreeable than the hour dedicated to the ceremony known as afternoon tea. Henry James, Portrait of a Lady. Well, hello, everybody, and welcome back to Speaking with Joy. You are joining me on yet another one of my episodes, which I have been referring to as um, the Escape Cast. So those are episodes specifically geared to bringing you good, true, beautiful, and wholesome distraction in this very weird time that we find ourselves living through. Today, I'm very excited to record this episode. I've had it in my mind for a little while now. Um, All about tea, which is one of my very favorite subjects all in the world. And this was actually inspired by a conversation I had with a few Twitter friends over Easter. Also, let it never be said that you cannot make real friends on the internet. Um, I was chatting with a few friends and one of them made the most shocking statement that she didn't like tea. She's made this statement to me before, um, Hannah Long, if you're listening. I still find it shocking. And I find it shocking every time because tea for me is one of the great um, little pleasures of life. I would genuinely be distraught, aggrieved, um, outraged if the pleasure and the ritual of tea were taken away from me. Um, But I'm also kind of a picky tea drinker. So for me, it's not just like I like any kind of tea. It's, uh, I almost think that bad tea is worse, is a worse offense than no tea at all. And, um, and at the behest of Haley Stewart, who I always want to call Haley Carrots because that is her name on various social media, um, who was on the show a few episodes ago, I thought it might be fun to make an episode all about tea, about why I love it so much, about how to make it well, because as I said, not all tea is equal. So today, on today's episode, I am going to tell you about why I love tea philosophically, and then also at the end of this episode, tell you how to make the perfect cup of tea. Now, I should also tell you that if I sound different than I usually do, it is because I'm recording this in my kitchen while I make afternoon tea as we speak. Um, I'm actually making tiny French toasts because yes, it is 3 p.m. in the afternoon, but what does time mean in in the quarantine? Um, So I'm making these tiny French toasts actually they probably more appropriately be called little blintzes. It's Joel's recipe. We had them for Easter. They're white bread stuffed with fruit and cream cheese. You put a little egg around it and then you fry it up and put some cinnamon sugar and maple syrup on it. So we were just feeling indulgent and we had the extra white bread, which we usually don't have. So I'm in my kitchen in the process of making these blintzes. So I will talk to you about my history and my philosophy of tea while I make the blintzes. And then while on the podcast with you, I will teach you how to make the perfect cup of tea. Now, if you have ever really encountered me or my family, you will know that we are a a pro-tea family. Um, I was thinking of this recently. I was staying with my sister, and she has two two kids, the most adorable new baby as of January. Sorry, that's my email. Um, Baby Samuel. Um, And then my namesake niece... Uh, Lillian Joy, who is now 
just two. She had just turned two when I, was, when I was there. And while I was at Sarah's house, Lillian and I kind of developed a little habit um, every morning that I was staying with her, which is that we would make up, wake up and um, I would go downstairs and do what I do literally every morning, which is make a cup of tea. Every once in a while, I do have coffee. This morning, I actually did have coffee. Um, also, I'm in the tricky part right now, covering the French toast and egg. Okay, we're good. Um, anyway, I would go down and I would make myself a cup of tea and Lillian would patter down after me because as you know, children are always awake um, before grownups are. And she'd patter down after me and she would have milk, but then she was kind of dissatisfied with the milk. So what we started doing was I would literally put a spoonful, not even a spoonful, like a tiny little bit of um, uh, tea in hers so that it kind of looks darker, like darker milk. Wow, I'm just wrestling with this French toast right now. And have you ever touched raw egg with your hands? It is a very fascinating texture. Um, anyway, I would put a spoonful of my own tea into hers, uh, into her milk, and so it would look a tiny bit darker. And she um, thought this was rather fun. And then we would both sit there with our tea, and we would just sit and sip our tea slash our tea milk, and wake up and greet the morning together. And this is kind of our, our, our little ritual every morning. And it worked well for me because I love children, but I cannot, I cannot confess to being very extroverted at 7.15 in the morning. Um, I think that's a difficult time for all of us when we should be gentle with one another and, and not speak. Um, but luckily, Lillian agreed. And so we would sit with our tea and have a very civilized greeting of the morning. And it was so fun because in a way I felt like I was initiating her into a ritual that is deeply embedded in the Clarkson family um, kind of culture and ethos. Because for as long as I can remember, tea has been a civilizing force in our family. It has been a ritual, it has been a moment of sanity when the rest of the world falls to pieces. And um, it has been a way that we bring dignity, friendship, and beauty to the ordinary moments of life. No matter how chaotic life is, tea can bring a moment of calm, of dignity, and of companionship. And, um, and so it was fun to actually be able to pass that on to her, and it made me think about my own childhood, and kind of the way that tea was modeled to me, not just as a beverage, but as a lifestyle. Um, so there were kind of several moments you could always expect tea in the Clarkson household. One was, as, as I did with Lillian, early in the morning, so my earliest memories are of my mother, waking up, making a cup of tea, sitting in her blue quiet time chair, as I thought of it, um, reading her Bible and greeting the morning. And we were, of course, always invited to join her in that, but it was kind of a sense of this is the quiet tea time where we greet the day. Oh guys, this French toast is gonna be so good. Um, where we greet the day and um, we're not too loud yet. Um, so that was one time we would have tea, it was in the morning and that was kind of my mom's way of greeting the day with with calm and peace and dignity. And the other kind of really important time was every Sunday, we would have some kind of treat, no matter how small it was. Um, sometimes that was a, a pie, sometimes it was chocolate chip cookies, sometimes it was cinnamon toast. But we would have some kind of sweet treat, we would all have cups of tea, and we would have a moment of civility, as my mother would call it. And then often after that, we'd actually go and watch one episode of Her, um, Hercule Poirot with David Touchet. But so we have that habit every Sunday afternoon, and then often every afternoon, just in general, we'd always have a cup of tea. 
And so this is really kind of woven into the rhythm of our life. Um, and like I said, it wasn't just it wasn't just that it was a beverage, but it was kind of when you had tea, it signaled this change that we're now entering into a different mood, a different atmosphere, a different kind of mode of being. And um, and that way, it really is a ritual. And the thing that I actually love is that tea in itself, even to make it, kind of requires a ritual um, if you want to make it well. I do not hold with just, you know, throw the tea bag in and leave it until you're done sipping. I, I actually do not understand how people can drink tea with a tea bag in. Does that not stress you guys out? Um, to me, the whole the whole enjoyment of tea is that you, you get to kind of do the ritual of putting on the water and warming up the mug. And I'll go through it with, with, that, with you in a minute. Um, but, but tea really was for our family kind of this initiation into a ritual of sanity and calm. And the thing that I love about tea, and I think is part of why my mother centered on it so much, is that it's a way to introduce um, kind of civility and calm that doesn't require a huge amount of effort, if that makes sense. So, you know, she had four kids and we were all opinionated and needy as kids are prone to be, as humans are prone to be. Um, and so a lot was required of her. But if you want to introduce sanity, calm, and kind of a feeling of dignity, you need to be able to do it in a swift amount of time and get a huge payout. And this is what tea could do because, um, you know, we would just sit down and even if it was only five minutes, she had that moment to kind of claim as a moment of order and chaos and beauty in the midst of a chaotic life. And, and that's kind of passed on to me. There's this sense of no matter how crazy your life is, if one moment out of every day, you can just sit down and have your cup of tea and feel dignified and breathe deeply, then that is the gift that tea gives us. Now, the other thing I love about tea is that it creates a great way to socialize within constraints. So when I was, I used to be an RA, um, actually I think I talked about that in my episode with Mariah, who was on yesterday, or on a few days ago, whenever, depending on when you listen to this. Um, when I was an RA, which is like a, a den mother, a, um, a house mother, I had 57 girls on my floor um, that I was kind of responsible for. And that's just like an impossible amount of students to actually connect with in a meaningful way. And so I often just felt like my whole time was kind of overwhelmed. Um, and so if someone needed to talk to me, what I would often do is I would ask them over for tea because the whole process of making tea, putting on the water, steeping the tea, drinking the tea, takes from beginning to end, if you're very efficient, about 15 or 20 minutes to make the tea and drink it. And that was always kind of a reasonable amount of time to make someone feel seen and taken care of and listened to um, without kind of overwhelming my whole schedule and afternoon. And so that was kind of a ritual that I introduced when I was a house mother to be able to pay attention to someone and make them feel seen and known and loved, um, but still be able to get on with my day. And I think, I mean, this is something we're all wrestling with now, right? Is that we're all faced with all this kind of amorphous blob of time. Um, but tea time with someone was that really kind of contained but meaningful bit of time for someone to feel kind of seen and known. Something else that I loved about it, and my mom has introduced this into our home as well, is that I have a massive collection of mugs. Um, unfortunately, I kind of tend to shed them wherever I go. So here in Scotland, I have a collection. I'm looking in my, my cabinet right now. I've got two that are... Um, 
that are Morris mugs. So they are William Morris, if you know who that was, he's a wallpaper arts and crafts pre-Raphaelite um, artist who made wallpapers and curtains and things. I have two mugs that Joel, my mom, got me um, for when I moved to Scotland. And then I've got a handcrafted mug that one of my best friends left behind when he moved um, after our first year in Scotland. And then I have a beautiful blue mug that Tracy Lorenzo gave me uh, when I was speaking in Canada. And I've got a Jane Austen mug that my mom says made me think of her, which is kind of a consult because the it has a quote in it that says, I'm half agony, half hope, um, which she said sums up my personality, um, which made me feel both very seen and, and maybe a, a, a little bit too seen. Uh, and then I have a hand-painted mug from Poland. So this is just my Scotland collection. In college, I had a ton of owl mugs um, because I was really into owls, still am into owls, but I have enough mugs, owl mugs to um, last a lifetime. But the thing, the reason I tell you this is that a part of my ritual is choosing a mug. And that was really fun when I would have girls to my room when I needed to talk with them or if they had something kind of serious they needed to talk to me about, I would say, well, why don't we go get tea? And I would let them choose one of the mugs out of the many mugs that I had. And that kind of feels personal and special. My mom does that. She's collected teacups from charity shops. And I can't even think of the American word for a charity shop. That's how adjusted I am to Scottish life. Uh, like Goodwills, basically. She's collected all these lovely china teacups. And so when people come, they get to pick their very own pattern, their very own color. Or if you're in mine, you can pick your very own mug. And there's something kind of personal about that that makes you feel like you're, you're a special person um, and you're tended to and you're thought of. So I'd let them pick their own mug. And, um, and something that I also did there, which I will come to in a minute, is, is that I had a very specific preference for the kind of tea that I like. And let me tell you, I should have a commission from the Yorkshire Tea Company for the amount of girls that I converted to Yorkshire Gold Tea. Okay, I've just finished my um, little French toast. I'm gonna set them to the side. And at this point, we're gonna start making the perfect cup of tea. So I'm still gonna be telling you stories, but I'm going to give you step by step. So. An important element to be able to make the perfect cup of tea is having a kettle. I really recommend having an electric kettle. It'll make your tea life, once you're addicted, so much easier. Um, so fill up the kettle with a little more water than you need, and you'll find out why eventually. Okay, so I'm actually gonna move my computer away from this uh, kettle because ours is extremely loud. So if you hear some rustling, that's what's happening. Okay, so we're gonna put on the tea kettle and I'm going to continue to tell you stories about tea. So the other time in my life that I uh, kind of developed a ritual around tea and learned more was when I first moved to Oxford. Now I was doing a scholars program there and um, I loved that they, they really do have tea breaks um, like we would do lunch breaks. So I know that places have coffee breaks in America but I just wasn't used to the way that, in my program, they had breaks at like 10 and two and four during our orientation. And no matter what else you did, you always had this moment of rest. And I incorporated that into my day as, again, it's kind of that pocket of time that no matter how hard you're working or how social you're being, um, you have this time. You have 10 minutes that it takes to have a cup of tea. Um, that's kind of a moment of sanity and of enjoyment. 
And that actually shifted how I drank tea, because I used to think of tea as kind of like caffeine that you need to get it and move on. And so I drank it while I studied. But I started going, I'm gonna have tea as a break from studying. And so you study for two hours and go have your cup of tea. And, um, you know, I loved tea before, but I think that living in Oxford was actually the thing that instilled in me the kind of tea every two or three hours, never ending ritual that you have of tea. Okay, so my, my tea has just boiled, so we're headed back over the counter. So once the tea has boiled, you're going to, um, you're going to take the hot water and you're gonna go, Joy, this seems unnecessary. It is not unnecessary, it is very important. Take the hot water and pour a tiny bit into your mug, zish it around, and then pour it out. Okay, so I'm making two cups for Joel. So, hot water, pour it in, zish it around, pour it out. Ow, I burned myself, don't burn yourself. Um, and then after that, you're going to put your two tea bags in I choose Yorkshire Gold. Other good brands might be Yorkshire Red or Berries Gold. This is an Irish tea. Um, pour it in till you have a little bit of room left for milk. And also, it's very important that you pour the hot water directly onto the tea bag because you want it to be hitting the tea bag and not the, the mug itself. The reason that you do all of this, that you're persnickety about it, is because it will brew better if you have that very hot water directly onto the tea bag, not cooled at all. And that's why you warm up the mug first is so the, the cup won't be losing heat. Um, and so the tea will brew stronger and faster. Um, and then you're gonna let this brew for about four minutes. Now, I should tell you a fun story regarding my favorite kind of tea. Um, so I've we've long been a Yorkshire Gold family. Now Yorkshire is a tea company which my, um, my tea box, my tea tin that I have says, is by the appointment to HRH, the Prince of Wales, suppliers of beverages, tailors and Harrogate, North Yorkshire. So it is technically um, commissioned by the crown. It is a proper English brew. It is probably the proper English brew. And we've often been a, we, we have loved my family, everyone except my dad. My dad is a Twinings man. Um, but everyone in my family is pro Yorkshire gold. Um, it is, so in the rankings of tea, the reason it's called like black or red or gold, Yorkshire gold is black tea and that's the kind of leaf, that's the kind of tea that it is. But within that rating, there's different parts of the leaf that are used and different kind of purities or impurities. So gold is technically like the highest, the best level of tea, the sweetest, the purest. And then Yorkshire Red has some Assam mixed in, so it's a little bit stronger, which is also a different kind of tea. So Yorkshire Gold is a little bit sweeter and smoother, and Yorkshire Red is a little bit kind of stronger and more biting. Um, so that's kind of the difference, and depending on my mood, sometimes I'll go for Yorkshire Red, although today we're having Yorkshire Gold. Um, and so you brew this for four minutes, although I should say one other bit of um, my advisor's advice is that um, if you are in a hurry and you want your tea to be very hot, you can always just, in his words, do violence to the tea bag, um, by which he means kind of stir around, poke it with a spoon. And what that will do is it will let out tannins, which most tea experts will say you don't want. Tannins are the thing that kind of make it strong and bitter. I like it to be strong and bitter. It helps me reckon with the strongness and bitterness of life. Um, I kid, only slightly. Um, but yes, so, so you can do that and it will also make it strong. So once this is brewed for about three minutes, you're going to take 
a spoon. Again, this is contested in my family. Um, some of them would, would go for tea squeezers, which is a little um, very nifty device that squeezes the tea bag. I just take a spoon, get the whole um, kind of bag in your spoon, squeeze it as hard as you can against the side of the mug once, and then dispose of the tea bag. Let me just take this moment to firmly rebuke any of you that um, that microwave your water and slash or um, put the tea bag into the water. It's important for the brewing process, for the way that the leaves brew, that you don't put the water in first. You have to put the tea in first and then pour it over. So once we dispose of the tea, I like a bit of sugar and milk in my tea, but only a little bit. You don't want to do too much or else it feels overwhelming. Joel likes about a teaspoon and a half. I like one teaspoon of sugar. I'm going to put that in and stir it very well. And then once you do that, you will um, put in a dash of milk and you are golden. So there's your perfect cup of tea. So now that I've made my cup of tea and I've made my French toast and I want to go eat it with Joel, I suppose I should end with some concluding thoughts about tea. Um, I think that the reason that I love it is for my earliest years, tea has been both a pleasant beverage that I enjoy drinking, but also something that kind of symbolizes this movement into order and sanity and dignity in a life that often feels chaotic. That was how my mom kind of integrated it as a ritual into our family, was that no matter how crazy life was, you could always have tea. You could always stop, make a cup of tea, and, and have that moment of sanity and calm. And part of what I love about tea is that it's not just the drinking of the tea that's the ritual, it's the making of the tea. It takes you a few minutes to kind of calm down. Sometimes when I get tea in the morning, it's just that time between boiling the water and pouring it in that gives me this sense of calm and sanity, kind of a deep breath to be able to enjoy this ritual in itself. But also it provides um, community. It's this very limited but tangible and meaningful way to care for somebody else. What says I care about you more than someone making you a cup of tea or a cup of coffee? Um, but also it's manageable in our busy life. So I think of how often my mom would use tea uh, as a way to meet with just one of us, even if it was for a limited amount of time, to make us know that we were cared for and seen. And, and finally, I think that tea just kind of adds this sense of dignity and propriety to life. There's a little bit of a joke um, in British culture of no matter what bad thing happens, the correct thing to do is to make a cup of tea. There's a great line in Pride and Prejudice when Lydia has run away with Wickham and she's not married and everyone's like, oh, this is terrible, where um, Mr. Bennett comes back and they're, they're, giving, they're serving tea to Mrs. Bennett, who's in a swoon. And he says, tea adds a certain elegance to misfortune that the miserable should never be without. And so in the midst of this quarantine, quarantine as it were, um, I would advise you to make tea, to let it be a ritual that brings dignity and order and um, beauty to a life that can often feel chaotic. And to know that as you sip tea, no matter how chaotic life is, that it adds a certain elegance to your misery. I am going to go sip my tea and eat my three o'clock um, afternoon French toast slash um, cream cheese pastry with Joel. I wish you all a beautiful afternoon and thank you for listening. I'll see you guys soon.